Welcome to the Tech Ed Podcast, where we visit with leaders who are shaping, innovating, and disrupting technical education. People who are not afraid to think differently, not afraid to try something new, all with the goal of securing the American dream for the next generation of STEM and workforce talent. Our guest today leads a company with a national presence. It is a company headquartered in Racine, Wisconsin. Now, if you're not familiar with Racine, it's between the cities of Milwaukee and Chicago, not quite halfway, but in that region. And this is a region that is becoming a hub of technology. Racine is one of the first to boast 5G capabilities. The Smart Cities Council designated Racine one of just five North American smart cities. It's also a hub of advanced manufacturing and cutting edge distribution with companies like Amazon and Uline and Foxconn and Haribo recently undertaking massive expansions there and building on a foundation that has been created and laid during the last century by icons like Snap-on and Syncorator, J.I. Case, S.C. Johnson, and many, many others. Right in the heart of this bastion of growth and innovation lies CCB Technology, a company that has come of age over the last 30 years, right alongside the greats that we just mentioned. CCB technology provides IT solutions, support, and services to unique clients throughout the United States. Now, it's no secret to our audience of the Tech Ed podcast that information technology is transforming at a rapid pace. And today's guest will help us understand this ongoing transformation, how it affects small and mid sized businesses today, and what they should expect in the future. Just as, if not more important, we will gain some valuable insights on how we should prepare our students and learners for careers in the ever-evolving world of information technology. So strap yourselves in for a lively and instructive discussion. My name is Matt Kirkner. I am your host for the Tech Ed Podcast, and it is time to introduce you to today's guest. This is a person who has reached Titan status in the world of information technology, an entrepreneur, an innovator, and a mission-driven leader. Patrick Booth, President, CEO, and owner of CCB Technology, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Ed Podcast. Well, it's my pleasure, Matt. I'm glad to be here. Those are very nice things to say. I don't know if they're all correct, but I will take them. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're excited to welcome you here. Our audience will know for sure that they are correct by the time we get through this really, really <laughs> interesting discussion. And it is, it is really a pleasure to have you joining us, Patrick. In a couple minutes, I know our audience would really, really love to hear just a little bit more about CCB technology, what it is that you do, how you service your clients, what should they know about your company as we begin our discussion? Yeah, you did a great job introducing us. We are a national company. We were started 30 years ago in the basement of my parents' house. And so my dad had a dream to want to help nonprofits be able to get a discount on technology. And this is back in 1991. So again, we're starting just to get the feelers out there. What does technology mean to organizations, businesses? And so my dad had been part of the technology world in manufacturing with producing software packages. So he decided, let's go find a way to give a discount because we know as technology continues to grow, people are going to need it, but people can't always afford it. Not like corporations can, right? It's an expense. So we started finding ways to help nonprofits understand the value of technology but we also wanted them to save money so they could actually still put the money out there with all the things that they were wanting to do. And then as we started to get into small businesses, we realized small businesses and nonprofits are very similar. You didn't start your small business to necessarily have IT in it, but then you need IT to help it run more efficient, be secure, be more productive. 
and, and really stay competitive. And so we, along the way, have been just doing the same mission as always, which is helping companies achieve their goals and dreams through technology. So really, when you think about that core mission, how, how very, very important, helping nonprofits. I love the idea of helping them put more and more of the contributions on the part of the individuals that are supporting them to work, saving them money on technology. And also those small to medium-sized businesses, I think a lot of time don't get enough credit for really being the backbone of our economy. And, and so many people rely on their livelihoods, rely on their careers, and rely on small businesses to be able to provide that security. Such an important part of our economy here in the United States. I, I've got to believe that the needs of a small to medium-sized business when it comes to IT may be a little bit different or maybe significantly different than a large corporation. What can you share with us about what those small to medium-sized businesses need from a IT provider? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to start with 30 years, we've seen a major shift of the focus for IT, as I said, but it used to be a volunteer. Maybe it was the youngest person in the office was always tasked to be the IT person if they didn't have one on staff or they had a friend or a buddy or a family member that knew something about IT. Now we see the investment of IT departments or in some cases, hiring us because maybe an organization cannot afford to keep somebody on all the time, but they can use a partnership like CCB. So where's the needs? Well, a lot of things. Number one, how do you stay up and running? How do you make sure that your, your technology is flowing and you're getting the full outcome of desired results you need unless you have the right, and I say this in our own town company, people, tools, processes. And IT is the hub of the last two. People, we still need people. I don't believe that we're supposed to go to being robots and everything is done manually or automatically. But I got to tell you, it really does make a huge difference when you have a system that flows and you have the right tools when it comes to technology that just allows the whole process to be developed where you aren't doing everything manually. So communication, even during the time of 2020 and 2021, to understand how people are communicating while they're working remotely as we're doing this podcast now, you know, through the Zoom call, that has been a huge change for people to stay connected in their culture, to feel like they're part of the team, to hold each other accountable, but also just to grow together. Because as people, that's how success has always been done. You work together, you learn from each other, just like hopefully this podcast will be for others out there. There's also, besides communication, the remote and a mobility. Can I do my office anywhere? Can I have the right tools and access it anywhere? I was on a podcast in Florida this week on the beach. It was our podcast, but I was with about 60 other of our friends learning how Microsoft 365, how do you migrate to this tool set if you're used to being on an exchange server? So IT staff is critical. Having the knowledge and the goals of what you want to do with IT, understanding your vision of where you're going as a small, medium business, any organization, a nonprofit too. And where's your security? Where's your backup? Where's your everyday tools to help you be more effective? So it's an endless list, but I'll just tell you, IT is definitely the core of the hub that all businesses and organizations are now seeing is the necessity for them to even be around and be relevant. Absolutely. It really is the ticket to the dance. We can't, we, we can't survive without it. And I think our listeners certainly recognize that. You know, Patrick, your reference to people, tools, and processes, I think, is really, really important and in that order. Because the truth of the matter is that, yes, technology will continue to change the way that we work, change the way that we manufacture products, change the way that we deliver services to our clients. But in the end, it's putting people first and making sure that we're recognizing 
the critical role that they play as our economy and technology continues to evolve. As we look at that incredible list of different services, of, of different ways that your organization, CCB technology, adds value for your clients, there's got to be, when I'm a, a small to mid-sized business, some of those areas that are really, really critical, really, really important that I, that I just have to put at the top of my focus. How would you characterize those? Security has to be at the very top. You know, we used to think it was only the big corporations, the big names that were going to be targeted. I can't tell you in the last 10 years that we've been doing services, we have seen so many small businesses that have been targeted from phishing scams to ransomware. It's not about if you're going to get hit, it's when you're going to get hit. And are you prepared? We all probably, if you have a credit card, have experienced some type of credit card fraud of some kind. Even if it's little or misplacing your credit card, losing it, somebody picks it up and they're like, oh, look what I found. There's always that risk that somebody could be messing with the hard work that you have achieved. So security is number one. Backup is the second thing. We're finding that a lot of people are like, okay, I have my security in place, but what happens if a disaster hits? Are you going to be able to be up and running? How many days will it take? What kind of data are you going to get? Where is it going to leave off? Nobody can afford to really lose where they stop. They have to get there as quickly as possible. Otherwise, their clients suffer, they suffer, and it's just an unbelievable amount of damage that can happen very quickly if you don't have the right process. So what we have found, though, is a lot of people are preferring to do these things as a service, a subscription-based model, because they want to stay up with the times. But like anything else, as soon as you buy it, something else comes out new and you're already behind. So if you're doing a subscription-based model, now that keeps you up to date completely current at all times, and you just pay as you go, which also allows you to cancel at any time if you feel like I want to go in a different direction. People don't want to feel stuck anymore, but they want to feel secured. So we're finding that those two things, but also how you deliver it, is, is definitely changing from the past where you just buy your antivirus or you used to buy your backup agent and you just put it on there. Everything is now about being in the cloud, being able to have it anywhere at any time, and being able to be flexible. And then the last one is, I've already said, the office production tool sets like Microsoft 365. Teams is part of that now. We're seeing tons of collaboration. People are seeing the major benefit. In fact, I've even had my own staff of saying, I don't know how we would have made it in the last year if we didn't have a tool set like Microsoft Teams or Microsoft 365 to let us be able to work remotely and work so well together. We've often marveled at exactly the same thing is that imagine if this, you know, this pandemic as difficult as it has been for people had happened, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, or even 10 years ago, where we didn't have the tools for communication and collaboration than we do now. So it's incredible how far technology has come in that period of time. And if there is a silver lining or, or one silver lining among many of this pandemic, it's that we're going through it at a time where we can still collaborate in the fashion that we are today. And that wouldn't have been possible 20 or 30 years ago. I was just thinking the other day, Patrick, you know, 30 years ago, 1991, you know, I was, I was in the business world. We were still doing a lot of communication, a lot of data analysis on the old 14 column paper where you had the little boxes to write all the numbers. I'm, I'm dating myself and saying that, <laughs> but man, in the 30 years that your organization has been around, what a huge change in the world of technology. So as you look at that technology, especially as it relates to small and mid-sized businesses, especially as it relates to your nonprofit clients, how has it changed? And in what ways has it changed in that 30-year period that you've been in business? Yeah. So again, um, <laughs> dating, our, dating myself even, because I've been part of the company since it started, being that it was in our house. 
you know, just the necessity of the focus and the commitment that people are understanding the need of how technology works in their organization has been huge. The willingness to adapt, like it's not this one time, let's buy something and let it ride for like the next seven years. They understand it's something they have to keep evaluating every year to make sure that they are current and that they are using the right tools. And my dad actually said this to me, Patrick, when does it ever end where you don't get the one product that you don't have to replace? I'm like, dad, it's never going to be like that because every day there's some new feature or somebody is coming out with something that's going to make what we have now look prehistoric. So I tell everyone, it is a very fast time. You have to be able to embrace technology for what it is, which is a benefit. It can be stressful. However, if you have the right people, which again, going to the podcast, what we're doing this for, why I believe in it so much, it's not just something that I I think, oh, let's just make a business and be part of it. I believe in it. If you have the right people with the right knowledge who understands technology and understands how to implement the tools, because the tools don't make you successful. It's the people behind the tools that know how to use the tools. That is so critical. And we just keep finding that businesses have to find a way to keep investing in people, keep hiring people keep working with programs like yours to understand and hopefully educate of how do we continue to get people ready for when they do graduate and they come into the business world or the manufacturing world or whatever. The goal is that they're not behind, but they're actually leading the way for where the business needs to go. And then when they hire the new person, like this person's going to get us there. So the educational level has just grown massively in the last 30 years where people aren't just keeping it as like a second or third or fourth thought. It's front and center. And this is a huge investment, but they know without investing in it and putting it front of mind, they're going to be left behind. Without question. And I think it's investments, as you suggest, Patrick, in both people and in continuous learning. And, mm-hmm. and we really are in an era now of lifelong learning where we can't just graduate from whatever our education pathway is and assume that we can, you know, we have everything we need to be successful for the next 40 years. We talk a lot on the Tech Ed podcast about what we call the exponential economy, the idea that products are doubling in price performance every 12 to 18 months. And I think one of the things in your last answer that we really need to underscore for our audience is that as this technology continues to advance, as sometimes people are asking questions like, are we going to do away with the need for people because we have all this technology in so many ways, it's actually creating a more acute need for really, really good people. So as that exponential economy continues to affect and continues to impact our overall economy, the role of people and skilled people, talented people, and the commitment to lifelong learning is going to be even more important. And that's been important for the last 30 years, I would say even more important for the next 10. So as we look forward, Patrick, and you think about the next 10 years of evolution in technology, as it relates to your business, your industry sector, and the clients that you serve, what are some things you'd like to highlight for our audience? How are things going to change? Wow, that is a big question. And I don't have the full answer, but I can tell you it's going to continue to be AI, artificial intelligence. It's going to be critical. IoT, as we've already known, it's not just about having IT that runs your computers and your server and your email. It's about the analytics Are you getting information from your IT devices and are they giving you the understanding of where you're at currently with your your pipeline? Where are you currently at with your supply? Are you staying ahead of the curve versus playing catch up? What if you don't have to worry and have that comment of, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of stock because you always have the right analytics telling you you're getting low. Let's reorder. Let's get this done. It's keeping you up to date. So 
I just think businesses are going to continue to have challenges. I'm not going to just sugarcoat it and say it's not going to be perfect all the time because you're going to have challenges. But I will tell you what I have seen. It just continues to get better. I mean, I look at Microsoft Teams, Zoom calls. This was not a program that people were using. Business continues to change and evolve because of life and what happens around us. People are going to continue to find a way to communicate better because it is about people working well together. Yes, machines have to work well together too, but we are the the backbone of the whole thing. And without the people, the tools will not run effectively. People are continuing to have to evaluate what they have in place, and they're going to need people to give them that knowledge. I personally think there's a transition that's going to happen in the next 10 years where a lot of people are retiring or a lot of people are transitioning their businesses, and they are looking for the future leaders to guide them and guide the business. So I want to encourage everyone out there, if you're focusing on this area for yourself, it is a great industry. I tell my kids that all the time, not that they have to go into the industry because I tell them, do whatever you want. But if you're looking for something that's exciting and something that's going to continue to evolve and you're being able part to create something that is going to guide people to the future, technology is it. So I wish I could tell you what's coming out tomorrow, but I do believe we're going to continue to see massive growth of the future of the younger generations coming forward, leading the way because this is all they know. While a lot of businesses and organizations are still in the in-between of the hybrid stage of, I'm not sure if I'm all in, I'm not where I once was, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit all the way in. I think the future leaders are going to commit all in and you're going to see a great, a great amount of success happen with the future generation. So a great example of servant leadership, first of all, Patrick, and, and humility, knowing that you don't, as a leader, have all the answers. Certainly yeah. your team members that are maybe um, you know, a little less experienced in terms of leadership, but more experienced or experienced in a different way in terms of emerging technologies and recognizing the importance of listening to them as you continue to form the strategy for the future of your organization. Our guest today on the Tech Ed Podcast is Patrick Booth. Patrick is the president, the CEO, the owner of CCB technology. We're talking all about this world of information technology, about emerging technologies, about the importance of network security, cybersecurity. It's been a really, really fascinating discussion so far. One of the trends that we want to build on here, Patrick, and, and that we're seeing, and I know our audience is seeing, in the world of, of manufacturing, you touched in your last answer on operations, on pipeline we're starting to see these worlds of operations technology, and it doesn't really matter the sector, whether that's manufacturing or retail or distribution or agriculture, kind of the operation side of the organization converging with your world, which is that information technology side of things in part due to Industry 4.0, you mentioned IoT. Are you seeing the same trend and is your team seeing the same trend? And, and what can you tell us about that? Yeah, we are. Everyone's trying to find new ways to stay productive. And in 2020, especially, we were very tested and some realized that they had built a great system and some realized they were behind. But a lot of people are now investing into IT because they know whether we ever have another pandemic and we're not sure when this is going to be over. The bottom line is somewhere we're not ready for it. And so they are seeing the need and that if it ever happens again or anything that comes out, they want to be able to be mobile. They want to be able to keep their business thriving, that they don't want all their hard work to be washed away. We work in so many industries, manufacturing though in particular, uh, we have seen a major focus of this. A lot of these manufacturers are, we're talking, you know, 50, 100 years old manufacturers, but they have been investing a lot into their IoT along with just their whole process of how do they stay ahead of the competition. 
I've gone through tours. We have a client here in Racine that they have screens all throughout their, their manufacturing warehouses, and it gives them a real-time analysis of are they behind, are they on schedule, are they ahead? And the workers aren't just doing the task. They're actually really focused on the analytics that are above them, which again, this would have never happened probably 30 years ago, right? It would have been just do my job, stay focused on what I'm doing. But we use a phrase I've heard a lot as leaders, you don't want to just work in the business. You want to work on the business. I also think that gets passed on to the employees as well. Because it's not just the leader's job, it's the whole company's involvement in the organization to know where, how are we doing? Are we hitting the metrics? Are we hitting the mark? And that's where I think IT has done a great job with giving a lot more vision and a completely different perspective that maybe employees and workers did not have before, but now they get to see it and everyone gets to see it together, which brings the company together in a way that it's hard to really explain other than it's a unified motion going forward together. Absolutely. And, and everybody, you know, working together, pulling the entire team along is, is so very, very important. And, you know, you mentioned some of your manufacturing clients are, and, and maybe clients in other verticals are, you know, been doing this for 50 years, been doing this for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. I think you have a really unique perspective in that you're working with those, you know, small to medium-sized organizations. And, and one of the challenges we see with small to medium-sized organizations, really two things. Number one is, you know, there is kind of this freight train of technology that's coming at them. A lot of them recognize it's coming and are, are, are reacting to it. There are some that recognize it's coming and aren't reacting to it. And there's some that don't even realize that this is, is on its way. So we kind of see that, that spectrum of different levels of preparedness for what's happening in the world of technology. One of those trends, we believe, is that as manufacturers, and again, those in other verticals are acquiring new capital equipment, that capital equipment has embedded technology, embedded smart technology, in other words, sensors and devices that can gather information in real time. You know, the example we use is if you could walk up to a machine on the manufacturing floor and ask it how it's doing, ask it whether it's working the way it it should be, ask it whether it is being as efficient as it could be, and it could give you an answer. How important and valuable would that answer be? And the truth is that we are getting to a point, and, and in some cases are already past a point where we can do that where with this embedded technology that's put on on the machine by somebody that manufactured it, we can gather that information. Are you seeing that? And do you feel like there's an opportunity for your manufacturing clients and you know, whether they're your clients or others in, in, um, in the manufacturing sector to better leverage that technology? Yeah, 100% yes. Yes. Without a doubt. That is where a lot of organizations, especially in manufacturing, it's not just the analytics of, you know, how are we doing? Are we on time? It, it's also understanding before the problem occurs. You know, again, it's like anything else we in technology and cars, right? I have a, a car now that tells me when I'm about to get into our car accident. You know, it, it's, it's manufacturing the same way of, I don't want to wait for the machine to break and then have to realize, do I have to, you know, then be down and then that affects production and everything. Like they are getting information ahead of time to understand where things are at so they can avoid that. It's preventative maintenance. It's constantly evaluating. Can you do more? You mentioned that as well. And they are running in some cases 24-7, which is huge, right? And you do need the people and you need the skill sets, but there's a lot of advantages with the technology that gives you so much information ahead of time to plan that, again, you're not being reactive. And I've been there a lot as a leader where you're just being reactive to what comes in. 
This is about being proactive. And again, it's technology helping you get there without you waiting for the bad thing to happen. And technology isn't perfect. I I probably shouldn't say that, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If anybody's listening, it's not perfect. It does help and it does make things a lot easier, but it's never just a perfect situation. So it is important that you, you have the right people monitoring it because with analytics are great, but if nobody pays attention to it, what's the point? So make sure you have people that understand what it means and then uh, can also take the data and foresee with vision where, where you're going. And, and we mentioned the, the education level, which again, got to stress, you have to always be focusing on growing your knowledge as a leader, as, a, as an employee. If you want to continue to help the organization grow and get ahead, you got to be looking at what's coming further, not just what's in front of you right now. So yes, seeing lots of organizations understanding how this can prevent them. And I think across the board, we're talking about manufacturing, but I mean, you can see it in every industry that we have seen with healthcare, hospitality. It's unbelievable that even in in service of like uh, veterinarian clinics that we work with, they are using technology to help them serve their clients better and run their organizations just even with a little bit of more of an edge over some people who choose not to do it, it will make a difference for the customers that use them. And I love your line. You say if analytics are great, but if nobody's paying attention to them, what's the point? I couldn't yeah. agree more. Uh, and, and having that discussion about companies that maybe are paying attention to them, and you mentioned a number of verticals, manufacturing, hospitality, veterinary clinics, and so on. Is there an organization that you, you could point to either by name or by example that you feel is doing a superior job of leveraging data to control their business operations and improve the experience of the customer, which in the end is what this is all about. Yeah. So there's a a company, uh, I don't mind sharing it, Vonco, which is located in uh, Kenosha area. They're a client, but also have a good friend that works there. And I was talking with him actually today uh, about this podcast. And he specifically had shared how much technology is just evolving and helping them thrive right now. They were one of the companies that were very fortunate in 2020 to do well in the manufacturing side of things. And so they continue just to see it as the future. Like they, they just believe in it, that it's going to continue to help them run more effectively. Again, uh, supply and demand understanding where they're at, how they're doing, how well they're doing, where can they make improvements. It's never just a one-time type of, oh, let's just talk about it. They absolutely see that it's going to help them in the performance that will edge out. And, and, and the concern is if you don't invest in it now, and they've said this to me, that there's going to be a moment you it's too hard to catch up. So for them in particular, I know that they are growing and just seeing the success. And I think it has a lot to do with what they do, but also the investment that they are making personally into technology. And it it isn't a, like I said, a one-time thing. They're evaluating it all the time. And, you know, they work with us and we get to be a a partner to them that helps in the area that they need us to do. But I think, again, making sure you have the right people, giving you the right data, giving you the right analytics, and, and they can work well with you will make a huge difference in what the organization needs to do for the future standpoint. But we've seen this also with other clients that are, like I said, in retail or even in just straight up manufacturing in different types of manufacturing that it's a technology world where you have to be able to stay front and center serving your clients well. But how do you do that if you don't understand how your performance is or you don't understand the problems that customers are feeling or the fact that you don't have the right supplement of the right items that they need in that moment? And now you become irrelevant and not valued from the customer's perspective if you cannot give them what they need. 
it's so easy to lose a customer if you cannot provide the offering when they need it. Yes, it is about taking care of them ongoing every day, but that does not mean you will not lose customers if you slip or you, you missed a step along the way that causes them pain that they can't recover from and they will find somebody who will take care of them. So this is about making sure you're, you're staying ahead and being relevant and value to your clients. Without question. And certainly you're exactly right. If, they, if you can't support that client, they will find someone who can take care of them. And then the truth of the matter is that unlike 30 years ago, it's a lot easier for them to find somebody who can take it care is. of them. You, you don't is. have to go through the yellow pages or drive around <laughs> looking for a, a new supplier. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's well, at the click of a, of a button. And we, and we talk about that often for ourselves that, that a lot of times people sometimes think, oh, we just got to use somebody locally. And we keep telling everyone that we work with people all throughout the U.S. and that 95% of what we can do is done remotely. 95%. While a lot of people are used to, well, I like to see the IT guys working by coming to my desk. There's so much that you can do. And so today, I think great people are everywhere. It's about your knowledge. It's about you being able to grow. It's about you being able to find, uh, again, the right fit. Again, I don't think it's just putting somebody in the role. It has to be the right fit all the way through. But that's why I'd say keep taking time to educate yourself. Make sure you know where you're gifted in and where your specialty is. Because I'll tell you what, if you know what that is, now work is not just work. It actually becomes a passion that you enjoy and that you enjoy doing. And people will see that passion and you'll be rewarded for it. I truly believe that in life. And isn't it interesting how organically almost every one of our discussion points today has come back to the importance of learning, come back to the importance of great people, come back to the importance of education. And I know that that whole education pathway and continuum is something that's really, really near and dear to your heart, Patrick Booth. You're a graduate. I love your story. You're a graduate of J.I. Case High School right in Racine, Wisconsin. You've built an amazing company right in your hometown, running a really, really successful IT company in Racine. Uh, I know. I also happen to know uh, that you delivered the keynote address at the May 2020 commencement event at Gateway Technical College, which is the technical college, a great college, by the way. And, and we have to thank its CEO, Brian Albrecht, for connecting the two of us. So we know that you're really, really passionate about education and about technical education in particular. As we close out our time today, Patrick, and we love asking this question of our guests here on the Tech Ed Podcast, there's one thing that you could change about STEM education and technical education, what would that one thing be? So teaching them the technical knowledge is awesome. Okay. That equips them to step in and make a huge difference, but they also, everyone needs to understand the business side of things about how it impacts the organization, not just, oh, I know how to be the technical engineer here. You also have to understand the business knowledge and the ripple effect all the way through. I think it's a huge benefit. And I had to learn this myself, even working with engineers in the last 10 years, the why behind it, right? What does this get us to? Why are we doing this? And where are we going to be going in the future if we do this, right? It is about understanding the full picture all the way through. And I think sometimes you have to find a way to collaborate together. You always have to collaborate, but Sometimes it's really distinctively hard when minds are wired differently from each other. So you might be a great technical person who just loves to dive into it and just get into the weeds of it all, but you also have to be able to communicate well to the non-technical people. 
So I just got to say like, that is such an important thing to bridge the gap because you don't want all the technical people on one side and the non-technical people on one side, like together you make it work. And I strongly believe that. That's why I say it, it, the people tools processes, because it's never just one thing, but you've got to find a way to communicate well together. And I would say this, any organization is going to struggle if they cannot communicate well together, because you might have the most talented people in the world, but if everyone's going different directions, there's no way you're going to actually achieve your goals unless you come together and can respect each other and do it in a right way. You don't have to be each other, but you do need to find a way to communicate well. Exactly. You don't have to be each other. You have to communicate well. And I, and I also really appreciate your insights on the importance of being able to communicate to non-technical people. That's one of the things that we love doing here on the Tech Ed Podcast is taking really, really complex technical ideas and bringing them down to earth in ways that everyone can understand. Patrick Booth, I can tell you that that is undeniably a gift that you have because every, every single question was answered in a fashion that I think will enable everybody to grasp the, the really, really importance of all of the different topics we covered. Amazing how much we got through here. We talked about the why, we talked about information technology, we talked about education, about the customer experience, about people, tools, and processes. Just a tremendous amount of ground we've covered today, and I think to the benefit of our audience. And so I want to thank you, Patrick Booth, the president, the CEO, and the owner of CCB Technology in Racine, Wisconsin, sharing with our nationwide audience how you are innovating and how you see opportunities for people in every vertical, manufacturing, hospitality, veterinary clinics. Man, we, we covered a lot of ground to, and how they can continue to innovate as well. So Patrick, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Ed Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Matt, it was my honor and, and privilege. So thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Until next week, we will keep at it here at the Tech Ed Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tech Ed Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave a review, and if you like this episode, share it with a friend. New episodes launch every Tuesday, so listen in next week.